as much as I can do it on a podcast um, and kind of reflect, you know, it, it's important to me that the little humans that I'm raising become those kinds of progressive and inclusive human beings when they grow up. Right. Um, but any bit that I can throw that out into the internet world and help encourage that too, I'm, I'm going to try. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Conversation. I'm Brandon T. McClure with you as always on this journey through fandoms of your favorite podcasters. I think that's what I say every week. I'm not sure anymore. It just changes every single time. I'm actually going to try and get this in one go because I'm really exhausted, guys. I might actually run out of episodes before I start recording again. Which, interestingly, we talk about a break that I took a couple of months ago on this episode. I did not realize how far behind I was. Um, anyway, so this is Michael Hahn from the GD podcast, not the goddamn podcast, the gaming dads podcast. Uh, he's a really cool guy, has a lot of insight into fandom and gaming in general. Uh, this is really my first time diving into video game fandom on this show. Uh, we talk about it a lot on the fake nerd podcast. Um, so there you go. He was a really cool guest to talk to. We had a lot to talk about. Um, this was a really invigorating conversation for me also, um, just because of how easy this guy was to talk to. Um, I kind of wish that I could get back people on the show, but there's really no point, if you know what I mean. Um, I That's no slight on anyone. It's just, you know, I get everything out of you that I need. Sounds like I used you. I really do. I'm mining you for content. I'm kidding. I love you all. I actually really appreciate every single person that comes on the show because it's especially when I was not record when I was not out yet. That was a hard sell. Now that it's out, it's a little easier. All right. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this, um, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, he gives some great advice about um, fandom and about being a father also, which is prescient. Um, so I guess I should probably tell you guys about what's in, what's going on in my network. But first, if you guys want uh, to be a part of this podcast, as always, I always say I'm you know, open door guys, fake nerd guys at gmail.com. Email me and we'll set it up. I'd love to hear from you guys, especially if you have a geek podcast of any sort. And it doesn't need to be like movies or TV shows or video games or comics. It could be sports. It could be music. It could be anything. If you are in a fandom, come on. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to talk about it. If you recall, I heard, I talked about Tiki fandom once. I had never heard of that before. The let's get it guys. The more outlandish, the fat, the fandom, uh, the more like, you know, in, in the Outlands, the fandom is the better. Let's 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 do this. And until that, if you want to hear more from me, obviously you can check out the Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts, uh, such as the Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerds Watch, which we're currently going through Loki. Um, only one more episode of that soon. Uh, Fake Nerd Book Club, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pod, just pause menu. Um, yeah, and Animation Station, which is our newest show. Um, okay, so without further ado, here's Michael Hahn from the GD Podcast. Okay, I am here with Michael Hahn of the GD Podcast. How are you, sir? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, why don't you give us a little rundown about your podcast? Sure. So the the GD Podcast, the GD stands for Gaming Dads, and it was born out of a Facebook group that I discovered a couple of years ago. Um, it was, it was still relatively new, but you know, they've, they've 
they just had their fourth anniversary, I think. And, um, you know, just just looking for a nice non-toxic community for gaming, which is very difficult. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the, <laughs> the the bulk of the of the people are video gamers, but we certainly have some tabletop role players and and um, cards and, you know, board games, everything else. So um, just happened upon it. Actually, I was I was playing uh, online in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and, um, you know, hooked up with a with a bunch of guys who were also dads and we all just got to chatting and they were part of this group. So um, I joined up and and after a while, I actually met, you know, online, uh, got to meet the founder uh, whose name is Matt. And, um, you know, we just got to chatting. And at the time I was doing a podcast with my dad. Um, really just for the sake of having kind of an archive of family stories, because there were all these things that I remembered from growing up, but I kind of wanted now my, you know, 30 something, 40 something year old head to wrap around these stories. So I started podcasting with my dad just for the sake of it, just for the heck of it. And, um, you know, so I told him, I said, man, you really, you know, you have got a big community. There's about 20,000 members here. You really should have a podcast where we can, you know, just chat about, you know, because what, what surprised me most about the community was that it's very, it's was that it was that non-toxic community that I was looking for. You know, I expected it to be a, a, a pretty big boys club and, um, you know, lots of system war stuff and machismo. And it just wasn't. And then, in, in fact, he claps down on that kind of stuff pretty hard. So, um so I just I just kind of fell in love with the the community and the the founder and you know finally after about a year and a half of of talking about it uh, we we threw it together and it's a kind of an international group too he's from the UK um, there's there's members from all over but um, there's two hosts two co-hosts from the US myself and a gentleman from Texas named Clay and then there's uh, two co-hosts from the UK. The, the founder is one of them. And then uh, his friend, David, who is also uh, one of the OG admins, you know, one of the top, top four admins. So that sounds cool. Um, what made you, what made you start looking for? We'll start with this. Let me just start looking for a, a, a non-toxic space for your fandom. That's, that's, that's a good question, actually. So I, I went through, um, you know, I went through, I, my generation, I'm 42. And so my generation was not really didn't really grow up with online gaming. You know, I grew up with the the NES. And, you know, the Sega Genesis was like my main system for years in, in high school until finally the first PlayStation came out. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really do any sort of online gaming until much later. And once I got there, it just felt uh, I was I felt like I was bombarded more with people who were jerks than I was with people who were chill and who were just there for the sake of gaming. You know, I was, I was in my mid to late twenties and I wasn't really interested in, you know, come one V one me. If you think you're so badass, I didn't want, <laughs> you know, I didn't want any of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, many years down the road, um, you know, I just, I had just gotten to playing more and uh, I mean, really it was, it was, if I wasn't for getting into the, the Red Dead online and, and things like that, um, you know, I didn't really have any friends that I was gaming with anymore. 
honestly, that makes it sound really sad, but I was, I was becoming very much a solo gamer. Um, I mean, I've always been an outgoing guy, so it's not like I didn't have friends at work or, you know, old friends that I would chat with, but none of them were really into gaming like I was. Um, nobody, and, and not many had kids. So I was also always kind of struggling with the, the balance of, of dad life and gaming life. Um, so it just it just kind of happened, you know. I was I was riding around in a in an online posse with these guys in Red Dead, and you know you could hear them talking to their kids in the background, and kids are crying. And hold on, I'll be right back. I gotta go cook dinner, <laughs> and and everybody was cool, you know. There was no there was no sort of expectation for oh you're a loser because you got to go take care of your family. Um, so it felt like a place where you could mm-hmm. be both a gamer and a dad, and. Um, I guess in a way, I didn't really know that I was looking for it. But when I found it, I was like, yes, this feels right. Are you guys going to be on tomorrow night? Because <laughs> I need this. Um, and so for a while, it was just after bedtime. And, um, you know, then then I I went through a divorce about three years ago. Uh, pretty mutually, um, you know, understanding divorce. And the weekends that I didn't have the kids, I was very lonely. Because mm-hmm. I've I've always been a very involved dad. Um, I've always been the fun parent. So, um, you know, she was the rules parent. And and so when I was on these weekends alone and I just I had nothing, I was I was really sad. I was really depressed. And um, you know, jumping on the the PlayStation or the Xbox and, you know, meeting up with these people, oh yeah, last week we did this thing and we're gonna go out again and you know, it really kind of filled a void that I didn't realize was building up at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of dealt with something similar um, because we're in a pandemic. Um, right. you know, I don't really see a lot of my friends anymore. <clears throat> so uh, my friend helped me get get back into gaming. We've been playing uh, video games together. So that's been our social uh, interaction since the pandemic oh, awesome. started. So I can definitely see, I can definitely relate to, to needing to just find that community again. Yes. Uh, yes. My marriage did feel like a pandemic so that we can see how it's relatable. <laughs> I don't know if that's too harsh or too nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so you talked a bit, so you talked a bit about how you got into your podcast. Um, uh, why, why gaming dads podcast? Are you all dads? um yes yeah yeah we all are on the on the pod everybody in the in the group is but um you know the podcast was certainly while we had this built-in community that's now over thirty thousand people um to to sort of promote it to we definitely wanted it to be for more than just that because um you know we we wanted it to whether it was partners of gaming dads or, you know, um, anything. We just, we kind of wanted to, to have a collective discussion about what it meant to us to be fathers and gamers, because we hold both in such high regard and there's, you know, the, the world's always kind of progressing and coming around, we hope. Um, and so gaming itself is certainly seen less as, oh, that's a thing that kids do. Mm -hmm. or that's a thing with you know people who have too much free time do that it you know we we felt this you know real important balance uh of the two and just kind of you know wanted to be able to 
share those experiences and share that joy with everybody. It's nice. Yeah. Um, can you give us a uh, kind of a, a look at what fandom was like before the internet? Oh, yes. Yeah. So let's see. So fandom before the internet uh, in high school. So I graduated high school in 1997. Okay. Um, and during that time, my my fandom world was Star Wars and um, Marvel Comics. Okay. And bat and Batman. Batman was the only DC comic that I really had regularly, and he's probably my favorite superhero of all time. Even though the entire rest of the list is probably Marvel, um, I was really big into the X Men. Um, I did move over to Image when you know that was around the time it was ninety five or ninety six is when Image really kind of exploded, yeah. and um, and that was fandom for me. And you know, as a man as a chunky kid in high school reading comic books you are you are not one of the cool kids that's for sure <laughs> um i mean like i said i had i had tons of friends and i you know i i wasn't necessarily hated i didn't necessarily feel persecuted but there was this sort of underlying shame of i'm i'm reading kids comic books and i'm playing kids video i'm playing mortal Kombat on my sega genesis mm -hmm. in secret um and and so the the really the fandom that i had was was magazines like you know wizard um which was all about what comic books were worth at the time and what was new coming out um it was going down to the comic book shop and and looking for old issues and looking at the new stuff that was coming out from my favorite artists and writers and um you know the the as far as video games you really you really kind of only knew what was going to be coming out from the articles that were being written in Game Informer or Nintendo Power or, you know, stuff like that. That's where I learned about everything. Um, and even for a little while. So when the Internet first started, now I feel old. Um, when the Internet first started, it was BBSs, bulletin boards. And, um, you know, they were all like text based games that you could log into and you would have, you know, Usurper and Trade Wars. And it was all this stuff that you know, some server somewhere was keeping track of. So you had this character who was leveling up and fighting goblins, but it was all text-based. Um, and so that that kind of gaming blew my mind. The fact that there were all these other people in the world who were playing this game at the same time was mind-boggling to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I you know, most of my, I think most of my, uh, to to go back to the Star Wars thing, which, I don't know if you can see the shelf in the distance back there, but those are all Star Wars toys and Legos on those shelves back there. <laughs> and they do not belong to my kids. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I went to see Return of the Jedi when I was four years old. My babysitter took me to see it while my parents were out doing something. I had never seen Star Wars. I had never seen Empire. And it didn't matter. I was sold I was hooked and it wasn't the Ewoks. I will say that it was not the big cute teddy bears. It was the green laser sword and the guy dressed in black. Mm -hmm. So I fell in love with star Wars from that moment on. I found out that my brother, my brother and sister are much older than me, 10 and eight years older than me. So okay. my brother had, my brother had a bunch of action figures from the original movie from the, from the, you know, what would eventually be called a new hope. Um, and so when, once I discovered this, I basically co-opted all of his action figures that he wasn't playing with anymore because he was 14. Mm -hmm. And I that's what I did nonstop. 
was play with Star Wars action figures. And then eventually, you know, Batman 1989 came out. I was 10 years old and that blew my mind all over again. This, you know, one of the, the greatest comic book movies that sort of launched darker, you know, comic book movies. And, and so Batman became like my favorite superhero. And um, mm-hmm. then after that, once I started reading the X-Men and all the X-Men became my favorite comic book and, I was always a big fan of of Wolverine, obviously, but also Nightcrawler and Gambit. It was always these like, I don't know. It always seemed like it was, those were like the three parts of my personality. There was like the really charming guy, the 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 guy who feels like a freak and the guy who will rage out when he gets angry. Or <laughs> like mm-hmm. the triangle of my, my masculinity at the time. So, um, you know, I really found a lot of myself in all these things. Right. Uh, it's always so interesting to me thinking about, you know, we've been in the age of the Internet for so long. And for me, most of my life, you know, the Internet came about when I was very, when I was very young. Um, and for a lot of people who have probably listened to this all their lives. So fandom used to be such a solitary thing. You know, sure. you, you used to kind of have to, you know, like you said, you go to magazines, you go, you find friends and you're like, do you like this thing? I like this thing. Oh, my goodness. And like that's that was fandom back then, and so you forget that, you know, fandom didn't used to be Facebook groups and Twitter and and all these and all these things that just have millions of people talking from around the world. It just used to be you and maybe a magazine. Yeah, it was. So my I had you know one one solid best friend since like kindergarten and that's like we did everything together for the longest time which yeah. was you know reading comics and did you hear about this new thing that's coming out and then the animated X-Men animated series comes out and um you know by the time I was in high school oh it was either 95 or 96 it might have even been later now I can't remember when Phantom Menace came out it could have been it could have even been my senior year Phantom it could Menace have been was 97 99 was it yeah. okay so that was a couple of years after high school. But at that point, I had already quit college and come back home, which is why it felt like high school. Um, so, yeah. So so when Phantom Menace came out, I remember, I mean, I, you know, we would we saw the trailers and we would, you know, see the TV ads on television. And that's when, you know, we we lined up at the theater to buy our tickets and and Man. yeah, and that, that waited. reminds me of all the like, I mean, seriously, like, you know, you looked at like. I waited till midnight because of I think the Revenge of the Sith trailer was going to drop mm-hmm. at at midnight on Cartoon Network or something. <laughs> and like I stayed up. I was like, I'm watching this. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this seat until I see this. Yeah. So I you know, it's definitely once I'm trying to think when I my parents never had a computer either. My parents still do not have the Internet. <laughs> um, they refuse. I control their Netflix queue, which is still technically DVD.com. DVD.com. They so they get <laughs> I control their queue so they can get new movies through the mail, but they just refuse. They even have a smart TV. It's not hooked up to anything but the coaxial cable. Um, so What's we the never point of having a smart TV then. But it was cheaper. I mean, it's just cheaper. They all are smart TVs now. Oh, so sure. and this is this one that they bought was an upgrade from you know the last massive tube TV that I had to help carry out of the house, and. <laughs> And so it, th- there was never any there was never a computer in my home until, you know, I eventually bought one. Um, so it's it, we were definitely sort of an analog 
family for a really long time. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so now you've you you know you've been in the in the internet world for long enough. You started a podcast. How at the, the start of your podcast? How many episodes have you done? So far, uh, we we've recorded uh, nine of them, but so far four have been released. Okay, so th- then I'll change the question a bit. Um, okay, have you already started to see a change in your perspective towards your fandoms because of your podcast? And I, I want to get into a bit more about your other fandoms uh, later, but right now let's stay in like the video game realm. Okay. Um, have I seen a change to my fandoms, like my personal fandom, or just yeah, like because sort you're of probably world? Like the the world or or your personal fandom because you're you're now interacting with people you probably wouldn't have. Sure. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. I guess for the most the the biggest difference for me is just being a part of something where you don't. There's no what you could never know every corner of it. You know, mm-hmm. one one person's. Um, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is somebody else's quirky indie game that nobody knows about. And so that's that is kind of what fascinates me is is what everyone brings to the table is just a, a, a even small developers are are developing games that people can fall in love with. And it kind of the same thing happened with music. You know, I'm also a, a musician. It's we're in my recording studio and the the same thing kind of happened with the internet and music and SoundCloud was like all of a sudden, as long as you had a, a you know garage band and a and a microphone, you could at least produce something, yeah, music wise that that everybody could listen to. And if it was good and people liked it, then you know it would it would carry on or it would get picked up. And you know in some cases there are 17 year olds out there that are very wealthy and it's you know, it's good for them because I don't think, I don't think that ever would have happened in the recording industry. Not that I want to change topics, but um, I I think the idea of, you know, so many kids learning coding and, and sort of building their own video games. I think it just explodes that fandom and, and the, the entrance of, of major league gaming um definitely blew my mind because that is not something that i ever thought i would see would would be something on the level of a sports arena and competition but with esports and with gaming they're on espn yeah yeah it's crazy it's it's almost like poker who knew it was a sport i mean like i kind of i grew up with poker being as being seen as a sport but like gaming gaming like i was when i found out that that it was on espn it was already after it was like established like this has been like a normal thing for a couple of years and i was like wait a second this has been happening i had no idea (laughs) what's going on yeah no that's so i you know that it's those those little corners of the world that then sort of blow into something bigger um i mean honestly if i didn't have kids i probably wouldn't have ever played Fortnite. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of go down that rabbit hole on YouTube and you, you realize that there's, you know, there's millionaires on YouTube and their job is to play Fortnite and, and people watch them and like my kids love it. I have three kids, they're 11, 10 and seven, and they love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, on, on one hand, it's, it's really sort of exciting 
that um, they're, you know, gaming is starting to be taken that seriously. Um, you know, I, I love tabletop gaming too. I'm really big into D and D specifically. Um, but I've, you know, tried a lot of different systems too. And uh, I just recently hosted um, a, a introductory Dungeons and Dragons session where I DM'd for 11 Girl Scouts between the oh, wow. ages of, of nine and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, and got paid to do it, which is <laughs> the amazing thing. There so you if go. you, if you had told me 30 years ago that eventually that like this game that I was playing for the first time, I would eventually get paid, you know, to teach a, a table of girls how to play, I would have laughed at you. And, um, I, you know, I think that's just something else too, that's really impressed me and that I've really enjoyed is, you know, I, I hope that as the years go on, we get further and further away from from limits and boundaries of of, you know, different of, like your gender mattering in gaming and things yeah. like that is a is a something that I I will I will contribute as much as I can to kind of stop that. And that's that's something else that um something else that I've really enjoyed about the GD podcast is is to, to at least be a voice when necessary um to use the term partner instead of wife because mm-hmm. you know a, not not every gaming dad's partner is going to be a woman it's going to be a wife and and you know not every gamer is a is a guy and not every, you know so i i like the idea that these walls are starting to break down even though there's there's going to be resistance for many yeah. many years um and i understand that but you know it's as much as I can do it on a podcast um, and kind of reflect, you know, it, it's important to me that the little humans that I'm raising become those kinds of progressive and inclusive human beings when they grow up. Right. Um, but any bit that I can throw that out into the internet world and help encourage that too, I'm, I'm going to try. So you think that you think that's an important uh, role you play? is putting a positive voice and combating that kind of negativity, the toxicity. Yes. Yes. I, I try very much um, not to sort of be virtue signaling about it or, or to, to, it's, it's not necessarily something that I will, will put on a shirt and, and like wear around. Um, But like I said, the way that I raise my children, the way I interact with gaming dads, because I'm also a moderator for the group, so um the facebook group so as much as i can that's it's those kinds of ideals uh is something that i would i like to promote and i like to encourage right um yeah the way you you talked about the fact that you were able to dm for these uh young girls that that's really important i think um because of how much girls are um demonized almost in the video game community um mm-hmm. and many other communities but i do remember like gamergate was a huge thing that happened a couple of years yeah. ago um so that's that's really cool that like you you really try to like break down those barriers and, and you got a platform now thanks to your podcast so we got to use it right yeah yeah that, that that's what i mean it's you know i don't i don't have uh, millions of adoring fans that i can say that i can you know put up an instagram post and have it shared yeah. you know two hundred thousand times but as a moderator in the group like no i'm not gonna let that post go through that you know d- demonizes 
a, a woman or a child or, you know, in some way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not going to promote it when I'm speaking about it. And I'm certainly not going to teach my own kids about it. But I mean, I will teach them about it in a way that's, you know, you have to understand that, you know, as as two little white boys, you guys are very privileged in this society. And this is why. And that's even that's a delicate balance to walk is, you know, having having kids understand that who they are is not bad or wrong, but that you know, the, the privileges that they've been allowed are um, palpable and, yeah. and they need to recognize it and do their best to be equitable and lift everybody up. And I would imagine that even talking about, how, you know, explaining to them that they are, they are privileged doesn't also mean that they're just going to be handed everything on a silver platter. No. <laughs> so when things get, so like when, you know, because you see a lot of the times, um, people on the conservative aisle and I'm not going to make a whole blanket statement. I'm just going to say like some people um, will take the idea that like, well, I'm not privileged because this person has a better life than me. It's like, well, that's not exactly how that works. Right. Um, You know, so, so teaching, you know, I would imagine I don't have kids, but teaching kids the difference uh, as would imagine would be important. Yeah. It's easier now with the 11 year old than it is with the seven year old, but, (laughs) (laughs) but there's always those sort of like, um, there's even things in in movies you know we'll watch movies and you know we'll talk about them afterwards and we'll actively screen them um for for content sometimes but not necessarily for violence or strong language but for you know positive role models and you know uh i don't it it was it's actually really hard for me there's so many movies from my youth i'm also a big film buff um and so there's so many things from my youth, like the Goonies and Monster Squad and like all these 80s movies that I loved as a kid growing up. And I watch them now and I'm like, I can't show this to my kids, <laughs> you know, like they're <laughs> they're 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 demeaning the, you know, the girl next door the whole time they're they're making gay jokes. They're doing you know, they're doing all these things that you know, you don't really realize like, oh my God, as a kid growing up in the eighties, this was totally normal for me. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we bantered. Um, And so it's, you know, it's really just kind of about teaching them different ways to, (laughs) to interact with, with their, with their peers. Um, We've danced around it a bit. Why don't you tell us uh, what other podcast, no, what other um, (laughs) uh, fandoms are you a part of? Like things that are important to you? Sure. So I, I am, I I will say that in general, I'm part of three podcasts now. One of them we have not recorded since before the pandemic. And that's the one that I do with my dad. Um, And I I really miss it um, because I called it mom fears my podcast. And that's because mom fears my podcast. Yeah. Mom fears my podcast, which, which is really just kind of a brand for me. Um, In 1994, I got a guitar for the first time. I was, you know, 14 and a half, 15 years old when I got it. Mm-hmm. And um, I started writing songs almost immediately because I had very little interest in learning anything other than Nirvana. Um, <laughs> so I started writing my own songs. And and by, by the time it was 1995, I had a cassette tape that I had recorded on my dad's um, stereo gear. It was basically 90 minutes of original songs. And on all my favorite albums, they always had like some sort of cool name, some cool ass cap name. Like this music was is copyright, you know, 1993 by better than your music. 
and music right. is always the, the last word in it. So mine became mom fears my music because at the time I was, you know, listening to nine inch nails and Marilyn Manson and Nirvana and Alice in Chains. And she didn't like any of that music. She's always been a big fan of mine, but that name kind of stuck. So mom fears my podcast became the podcast where my dad and I talk about, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in my youth and my, you know, my mom comes on every once in a while and is a laugh riot, but, um, the uh but we haven't done a new episode in a long time and i really want to get back to doing that um the second podcast that i'm a part of is called mellow maniacs podcast which is basically um you know a a, a audiophile friend and i get together and he basically uh you know he has this incredible sound system in his basement and we chat about music we chat about all different kinds of music you know so he's into all different kinds of things and um as much as I love music, I'm always amazed at the amount of stuff that I don't know or I haven't heard or I never listened to. Mm -hmm. So that's always that's always a fun time for me because he'll put me down with a whole bunch of new stuff and we'll always start with a topic and then hopefully we'll stay on track. But um, we've done only about five episodes or no, six or seven episodes now of uh, Mellow Maniacs. Um, and then so the and then, of course, the GD podcast is the, the newest one. Um, that is is nice it feels uh it's it's a little more regular it's you know i feel like i'm I almost feel like i'm working for someone even though you know he's he's not that kind of founding mm -hmm. member um so but it's very much just like a chat for dads standing around the grill at a barbecue you know talking about whatever's on their mind um but yeah, so so growing up as a kid, um, my my parents were really into board games. So I played a lot of board games. They were really into movies. And um, again, because I had older siblings, 10 and eight years older, I saw a lot of movies way too young. <laughs> but again, it was the 80s. And I feel like that was pretty common among my friends. Sure. Um, so, you know, Aliens and Terminator um die hard you know all those kinds of movies i i watched with my family when they came out so i was like eight years old you know mm -hmm. quoting john mcclain and uh <laughs> learned a lot of learned a lot of great words um i'm not even sure if we can swear on this so i'm keeping it uh, pg uh, we like to keep it pg-13 so you're allowed there one f-bomb Oh, good. Yeah, PG thirteen is one. Well, I'll do the I'll do the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves once then before we go. <laughs> um, and you know, so even even stuff like that. But I I I I love stories. I think that's sort of the the big thing. Um, you know, my my career before the pandemic was um, as a sound designer, so I got to put my love of writing music and creating music and soundscapes into you know another love of mine which was theater when i was in uh, middle school and high school i kind of fell in love with theater i went to college for theater um but but like i said after about a year and a half in college i felt like i was kidding myself i felt like i can't find a job in theater so i quit and then i worked miserable jobs for the next like eight years i just was absolutely miserable for the next eight or nine years um until finally the the girl i was dating at the time said what is it you want to do and i said well i want to be a recording engineer like all i've ever loved is making music and you know one of my favorite things in the world is that little cassette that you know it really is a record you know ani defranco has this great line where she says a record of an event the event of people playing music in a room. And that's really what a record is, is like this moment in time that you grab. Yeah. And so I said, that's what I want to do. 
So I went back to school. It was only an eight-week course, but it was an eight-week intensive course. I had to quit my job because they weren't going to hold it for two months. So Mm -hmm. I had to quit my job. I left. I went to become a recording engineer. And then I looked for jobs for six months. Um, But the job that I finally landed was in theater, live mixing a musical. And I remember being like, oh, come on. I'm all the way back here where I started in theater. But it was it was a wonderful experience. It was a great theater. You know, I was very underpaid, but I got to do what I loved for those five years and, you know, got married during that time, had our first kid during that time, was about to have the second kid. And I said, look, I need a raise. I can't afford daycare for two kids and work this job. And they said, sorry about your luck. So I quit and became an independent sound designer where you know you just hustle from job to job and you you hope that your rapport with the director and you you know your rapport with the other designers gets you mentioned in that next meeting and they say oh i know a guy who does great music and great sound so i did that for three or four years and you know again got to a breaking point where i needed to secure a a more full-time more permanent job because that that hustle life is hard that hustle life is why i quit theater in the first place because i i really wanted to be an actor i i loved Mm -hmm. singing and i kind of wanted to be a musical actor and um even though i hate musicals oh it's so weird we could talk about this for hours but i won't go into it so musicals (laughs) are not part of your fandom right not a no i love musicals i love theater but i don't like when you mesh them well that's not true music and theater is great but just not musicals. Yeah. Unless it was a movie in the eighties, little shop of horrors, Grease, chorus line. I love them. Pretty much nothing else. Hate all those movies. (laughs) Well, that's fine. You should. They're tacky. But anyway, um, I I really do love them deep down inside though. But so, um, you know, when, when I, 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 but I, so I didn't, the the hustle scared me and that's why I quit college. I said, I'm not going to do this. I, I went to that audition 101 class and they said, you're going to get told no. You go to 20 auditions. You'll be lucky if you get told no only 19 times. And I was like, no, I can't handle that. I can't do that. That's too much pressure. So that's why I quit college to begin with. So after, you know, three years of the hustle life as a sound designer, I, you know, found a job still in nonprofit, still in the arts. You know, I'm currently an arts administrator at a small community arts center, um, you know, that does well. I get paid enough to live. It's, you know, mostly regular hours. Um, I get to cover for classes if the teacher doesn't show up. So I get to try and flex my art skills and I get to, you know, flex my guitar skills and stuff. And I, I really do like talking as you may be able to tell. So interacting with parents and, and you people do a like podcast. that. That makes sense. I do. Yeah, it's a good point. So, you know, even interacting with the, the, the members and the parents is, is kind of a big deal for me that that fills my bucket, you know, to have an interaction with somebody where they leave and they're smiling. Um, you know, I do some sort of nice thing right. or positive thing that, you know, helps them on with the rest of their day or their week or, oh, thank you so much. My kid loves this class and, it, you, you know, you guys are so great. That makes my day. Mm-hmm. So, um so we were talking about fandom. I'm sorry I went off on. Oh, so stories. This is this is where my love of stories come from. The stories yeah. that are in 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 music and albums, the stories that are in theater, the stories that were in movies and comic books, even video games. Um, you know, my current um, partner and I only call her that because we're not married, but we own this house together. We've been blending our families for the past couple of years since my divorce. So mm-hmm. we are 
ostensibly married. And um, we would just, as soon as we, again, as soon as we started talking about it, pandemic. And we were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't get married. <laughs> the hammer of, of, the, of life just came down. The universe just said, what are you doing? I know a few people have gotten married during a pandemic. It could work. That's that's true. Yeah, we can make it work. I just use that as an excuse. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> to not have to go through the pomp and circumstance. I'm like, if we get married, I'm gonna have to lose like a hundred pounds. So can we not do it yet? Because <laughs> I love pie. Um, but even she, you know, she's a theater person. I met her. She was my boss in in one of the theaters where I worked, and um, you know that that sort of connection where you know she's not a video gamer but she will sit on the couch next to me and watch me play a story game all the way through and be totally sure. invested in it so um i, good I guess my a good story a good story that's right and the, the joy of the joy behind the gaming is that sort of interactive thing that you can't get anywhere else i mean you know um what you call the <sighs> What was the Netflix Bandersnatch <laughs> tried to tap into that. Yeah. Did you see Bandersnatch tried to tap into that, that choose your own adventure kind of vibe, but you know, nothing's quite the same as a, a beautifully crafted video game or even a D and D campaign for that matter, where, you know, you're helping to craft the story as you go. So this is, this is just kind of a question for, for me. Uh, are you still reading comics? Do you still read comics or did you I, give that up? I do um, not as much because it's, you know, it's it's an extra cost, but um, there are some specific fandoms that I make sure I still follow. So the most recent um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, The Last Ronin, I'm a huge fan of it's Eastman and Laird's, you know, they come back and they write a little bit. Uh, they write a new yeah. thing every year. So Last Ronin has been great. Um, I collect a lot of the new Star Wars comics because I had a massive bookshelf full of Star Wars paperbacks um, as a kid and growing up. So the whole extended universe that Disney flushed away, which I was not I was not even totally angry about. I get that there's way too many conflicting stories out there for them to be able to to create their own narrative. Chewie so was dead. Yeah, Chewie, yeah, Chewie was dead. You can't you can't have that. And look, we got Thrawn back. That's all that mattered to me. It's as long as we have Thrawn, I'm happy. Exactly. Um, so the Star Wars, Star Wars and Darth Vader and Dr. Afra, I'm currently collecting. Um, The Last Ronin. And also, you know, just a, about five years ago, I guess it was, Stephen King's The Dark Tower came out. Marvel came out with the graphic novel series or the the comic series for the dark tower and mm -hmm. Stephen Stephen King is another world of, of fandom for me, specifically the dark tower. Um, I love that story. I have first printings of every single issue of the dark tower that came out. So that's, that's definitely something that I am still a huge fan of when I, okay. when I moved into this house, I had one giant box and now I have three boxes full of comics. This is going to be such a weird thing. Cause we are actually recording this before this happens, but currently listeners, I'm going to plug this up. I'm going to plug our Patreon real quickly. Currently okay. our listeners, if I'm doing the math, right. Can subscribe to our Patreon $10 tier. It's an exclusive Stephen, Stephen King shirt. This says Stephen King is my best friend. <gasps> That's so, awesome. That's going that for you. That's going up in two days. But for the listeners, it's up now. That's amazing. 
that's that's beautiful and see that is the world of stephen king right there that's two levels of the tower that just happened to cross over at the same time yeah i totally <laughs> understand that reference no okay um stephen king was stephen king i like stephen king but i never really got heavily into him yeah um I he was even the go ahead sorry yeah he was one of my mom's favorite he is my mom's favorite author which is funny. If you knew her when I was growing up, she was very religious. Um, hence right. the reason why she was terrified of Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson. But Stephen King's always been her favorite author, and she loves horror movies. It's so crazy. She uh, you, loves them. You mentioned that you're an X-Men fan. Are you not reading the current X-Men run? I'm I'm not. I bought a couple. And, you know, if, if they're good, I will definitely go back and invest in them. But th- there's a couple of times that the X-Men run you know, started up again or a new series. And I, I bought a few issues and I just couldn't really get into it. I see. I feel bad. Yeah. If somebody like comes to me and they say, no, 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 you have to buy this. Then I probably would. I'll be that person. Cause I've oh, okay. never read, I've never read the X-Men before. Um, but I'm reading every single X-Men book that Marvel is putting out right now. Cause oh. I think they're incredible. Oh, awesome. Oh man. Uh, some of the most inventive storytelling I've seen in comics in years. Oh, damn. All right. Well, I'll get another <laughs> box then. <laughs> well, you can see what I like about it is that it's easily traded. They have um, these, they have the Hawks Pox trade, which is House of X, Dawn of X, which is the mini series you start with. Um, that's one trade. And then from then on, you can just pick up these trades. that are just Dawn of X and they have every story in its in its like right place where it should be. So it's oh. they've collected multiple multiple uh, books in one, and they could just keep going from there. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So if you just want to trade it, yeah, it's easy. I I think I will. I'm certainly not. Even though saying that I have the first issue of every first printing of every Dark Tower might make me seem like a um. I'm an elitist about that. I absolutely will will buy a trade for a book. I just got a couple recently. My 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 favorite comic book shop, um, which is literally called the Comic Book Shop. That is the the name of the store in nice. Wilmington, Delaware. Um, they were just doing a sale, like forty percent off trades or something, and I went and I got Guardian Devil, the uh, the Daredevil series that Kevin Smith wrote. And I got um, the long Halloween because I'm very, very excited about the Robert Pattinson Batman. Oh, man, it it may wind up being terrible and I don't care. It is not going to sour my excitement for it. Are you kidding me? It's Matt Reeves. The dude made two of the best Planet of the Apes movies in Cloverfield. Right. And it's as soon as I saw the picture of that Batmobile. Oh, yeah, I was sold, man. Absolutely. My favorite looking Batmobile since. The Michael Keaton 1989 movie, which again is probably mostly nostalgia. I still think um, my favorite Batmobile is the animated series, but I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, so I don't really like the Batman, his Batman movies. Sure. But his Batmobile is my favorite design for the Batmobile, hands down. Oh, nice. Um, which yeah. will, my co host will will, will will listen to this and be like, what the hell? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I like the design. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Tim Burton fan, that's for sure, but, um, like I said, it's a very, very important place in my heart, that, that first 1989 movie and Batman right. Returns. It's a little it's a little weird, a little darker, but so I wanna so I got a couple more questions to, sure, to, to wrap it up. Um I'm trying this question out. This is new for you. I haven't asked anybody else this question. Um, why cool. don't you give me a just a general thought? What your general thoughts are fandom 
as you are right now today, what are your general thoughts on fandom? Uh, how do you see it? How do you expect, what do you get from it? Okay. My, I would say my overarching fandom take is you, it's okay to like stuff. <laughs> that's like, that's one of my, my favorite things to, to say it's totally okay to like stuff. And it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. Um, if it speaks to you, it obviously spoke to the person who was creating it. So, well, I hope anyway, hopefully it wasn't just a cash grab, but you know, if, if you like something, then it's okay to like it. Um, I think in general, (laughs) the idea that fans will cut each other down for the things that, that they're into is, um, is pretty intense. I'm always open to hearing you know, new things for somebody who, for somebody who didn't even watch justice league 2017 when it came out, because I felt so burned. I was so disappointed by Batman V Superman when I saw it in the theaters that I refused. (laughs) I didn't watch justice league. I still haven't seen Aquaman, but I, Aquaman's great. Well, I've heard that and we are watching it. My, my partner and I are, are watching them in chronological or, you know, I'm in release order right now. I'm the same way. I didn't really like BVS, but I did like the 2017 Justice League. I won't defend it as a good movie. I just had a good time with it. Um, <laughs> and see, that's all that matters. Yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't even watch it. And then because because of the Snyder Cut being released, I was like, oh, well, why don't I go back and watch it? Why don't we watch it? And then we can at least compare it. And we did. I spent, we'd spent last weekend watching, you know, first of all, a two and a half hour Justice League movie that I didn't think was that great. But then we watched a four hour Justice League movie the next day. Uh, We had to split it up in two parts, but that's just because we had, you know, adulting to do in between. Um, But and like, that was a great time. And I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be elitist about this anymore. I I had a good time and it was fun. And that's, you know, I've always kind of had that relationship with movies. I'm a huge fan of, of martial arts movies and, and B horror movies, you know, Sam Raimi stuff that, you know, eventually became cult classics. But at the time, you know, it, it, it was ridiculous and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but it's okay to sort of just go in and enjoy it. So, um, you know, I think I think fandom can be a beautiful place for you to connect with like minded individuals, but it's also an important place where, you know, you might learn about something that you didn't know existed and might like, or you might learn about something that you thought you would hate, and then you're gonna and you're gonna give it a chance and you're gonna come around on it. You know, fans. Uh, you know, I feel like I talked about this a few times. Um, we get so defensive because I think we've had to defend our, ourselves for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. And now we don't, and we don't know how to get, how to let go of that defensiveness. You know, we've been so protective of our, of our spaces. And now, now that, you know, people are trying to be like, no, we should open up the spaces that there's still that, that backlash of like, no, this is my space. This has always been my space. Now you don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. 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 I think I held on, I held on to certain things really, really tightly. Um, When I was younger, I, you know, if you had, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good hypothetical example, but uh, you know, I was afraid to share my fandom with the masses um, as a, as a teenager and even as a 20 something and finding somebody who was like, you know, would make an offhand X-Men reference or something like that, or, or quote a line from aliens. I like James Cameron's aliens so much that my friend and I wrote a song 
and all of the lyrics are just lines from aliens that's how quotable that movie is (laughs) yeah i'll send i'll send you that link just so you can have it but sure it's uh you know when you find that one person who says something or they get your reference it's like you know the opposite poles and you just kind of rush to each other and you're like yay we have this thing together and i i think opening that up to a to a bigger audience is great because then there's there's more people around who can enjoy that and they might not all enjoy it yeah. but you can just block those people you don't have to talk to them yeah like if someone doesn't <laughs> like aquaman i don't have to talk to them that's right i promise i will watch it i promise because i'm all about him i'm all about jason um for me this is off topic from that but like uh, um birds of prey Wonder woman aquaman and shazam are like the top four dc movies for me right now oh great i'm very excited about watching um about watching shazam so i haven't seen that yet either but that was again that wasn't that wasn't because i didn't want to see it it was because i hadn't seen aquaman yet and uh, you know like i kind of wanted to see them in order so now that we're are you a are you a kaiju fan um yeah to a certain extent like pacific rim and stuff like that i really liked you like it's all about that Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. All right. I'm looking forward to it now. Um, okay. Well, that's all I got for you, my friend. Um, so why don't you take this moment to just plug anything you want? Oh, awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, um, so I, I, all of my original music and stuff is under um, Mom Fears My Music. That's where you can find it on on Facebook or Instagram. That's all of my handles. Um, I do a songwriting project every year for the, well, since 2016. So this will be year six um, called Song A Day May, where I write and record and produce and put out an original song every day in the month of May. Um, wow. They are not, all, they are not all good, but they are all songs. Um, so yeah, you can, you can find that on my YouTube, which is also mom fears my music. <laughs> cool. So I'm, I'm gearing up for that right now. Um, the GD podcast is available all over the place um, on, on Spotify and Apple. Um, so I definitely would love for everybody, even non-gamers to give it a listen because we, we have a lot of fun. You know, it's like I said, it's four guys who are kind of, getting to know each other and, and sharing their, their gaming fandom with each other and also talking about life and community and children. So even, (laughs) even if that doesn't all interest you, hopefully you'll find something amusing and and check it out. Okay. Well, uh, thank you again for coming on this great, great conversation. Um, Really You're welcome, it. man. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, good luck. Take a break. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you find uh, inspiration to come back to it because I think this is a really cool project. I look forward to checking out all the other ones and following it. Yeah, there's still plenty of people that I want to, um, for those listening, uh, uh, I'm going to take a small little break, uh, but the listeners probably won't notice, um, I'll oh, say, good. because uh, I am I am intending to keep going. Um but I'm, I've got so many episodes coming that like the listeners probably already, I already took the break according to the listeners and like they didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> and then forget what I said. Just subscribe to that Patreon. Get that Stephen King shirt. Thank you. That's a great plug. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to let myself, I'm going to let my future self play us out. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, man. 
All right, once again, that was Michael Hahn. Um, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I hope you had a good time. Also, it seemed like you did. Um, or it seemed like he did. I don't know if he listens to this. Um, so, yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Um, and, again, I really appreciate everyone who comes on the show. And we have more guests to come. Uh, I will have to start setting up interviews again soon. So, if you want to be one of those interviews, uh, email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. The link is in the description below where you can find me. And you can find all of Michael Hahn's links in the description below. And, of course, you can find all of my links in the description below. All the Fakener Podcast links, such as the Fakener Podcast website, um, where I do put up writings. I don't plug that often, but there are writings there. I write um, news blogs and just uh, spec pieces a lot of the time. Um, I actually have a this magazine coming out this month with one of my writings in it. More on that later. <laughs> It's hard doing this all in one go. This has actually been four goes, but hopefully I've edited it to the point where you can't tell. Anyway, uh, like I said, email me. Um, make sure to, to subscribe to this uh, podcast if you guys like it. Make sure to rate this podcast and review it. Uh, if you want more people to hear it, tell a friend. Um, I really appreciate all the feedback I can get with this guy. Um, this is a, really a labor of love, and hopefully I can get back in the swing of doing this. Yeah, it's been been something okay i'm through here um i hope you guys enjoy the pot i hope you guys enjoyed the the interview and until next week with andy palestides um i hope i pronounced that right he tells me on the episode but it's been weeks now um ooh, that was a really fun episode actually um, okay yeah stay true to the fan and you